How do I get this to just not droop? Oh, man. Um, I go get a screwdriver, basically. Oh, no. This is fine. You got it? Yeah. All right. I'm getting very adept. I hope nobody ever knows what kind of chaos we record in. <laughs> if they knew, the whole facade would come crashing down. What facade? I feel like we're pretty upfront that we're like a mess. Yeah, probably. I still I still need to uh change that description to be like watch us stumble through parenting. What is our description currently? This is the journey of two uh, Christian homeschool parents as they seek to Hi, I'm Derek Mast. And I'm Tanya Mast. We've got two kids, Rainy and Emerson. And we're set to learn about marriage, parenting, and whatever else comes up. This is the journey of two young homeschooled Christian parents exploring what we're teaching and learning while we grow ourselves and raise our kids. Yeah. No, so, but, but the descript, like the word description. Derek and Tanya talk every other week about what they, every other week, about what they and their kids are learning, as well as a main topic about parenting, marriage, self-learning, or whatever else comes up in life. Yeah, I should reword that. Stay tuned! I mean, no part of that is like... Derek, it's not untrue. Walk along with Derek and Tanya as they tell you how to do life and yes. <laughs> give you all the answers, if that's what you're here for. This is not the podcast for you. <laughs> we are sorely disappointed. We don't this know what we're This is not the podcast you were looking for. But it may be the podcast that you need. <laughs> that was excellent. Two movies just smashed together. Love it. So, Tanya, my crunchy autumn leaf. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned recently? That makes me feel like a crunchy mom. Yeah, I, that did occur to me that that may be one way to take it, but I assure you... Hold up while I go and steamroll someone on the internet. Oh, oh. Everybody hates me now. Ooh. Mmm. We got some... We got some... Uh, some teeth there, huh? Did you have a bad experience with this recently, Tanya? No, just... Ooh, no, just on, on every Facebook group, there's steamrolling mothers um, who who I'm sure mean well, but mm-hmm. just are very fixated on a certain point of view. And maybe I sound like that to other people. I really like that's my deep hope that I do not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just crunchy moms. It's other moms, too. But anti-vaxxers tend to be loud and proud. And yeah, and think everybody around them is ignorant. Well, they know the truth. They've discovered it, Tanya. Out of everybody else in the scientific world. Yeah, I mean, like, I just want to have like, I don't, I don't try to engage with people, but when when people like, there's no data on on vaccine testing. Well, actually, here here's this article showing all of this data. Well, that's not the data that I'm talking about. This is the data that I'm talking about. Well, here, here's this. 
well, that doesn't have conclusive results. Like, I'm no, but it it does. <laughs> Pass on to the next comment. <laughs> yes. Anyways, um, if you have decided not to vaccinate, that is totally your call. We can absolutely still love you and be friends. Yeah. We just won't talk about vaccines. So, what have you been learning? Um, After that wonderful rabbit trail. Yeah, that's really bad. We should probably cut that out. Oh, no, no, no. We're not cutting that out. That's good stuff. Quality stuff. Learning more about Derek and Tanya. Uh Stumbling their way through life. Um, Oh, that was a herp. (laughs) (laughs) A hiccup burp. Do you remember when we were just starting dating and I was like hanging out with your family for the first time and I was like, I got the herps. <laughs> and then as soon as I, I didn't hear it in my head before I said that. Oh man. Anyways. That's funny. Um, things that I'm learning. Yes. I'm very scattered right now. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, well, something that I really enjoyed this week was watching, or last week, was watching you play with Murray. Um, and you were tickling him and he was giggling so hard and then you would stop and you would say, all done. And you would sign all done to mm-hmm, him and mm-hmm. then he would sign more please and you would tickle him again and you would giggle, <laughs> giggle and then eventually you would stop and be like, all done? And he would sign more please. And this went on for a while. But I, I just think it's so cool. Like he just turned one and he's already learning about consent in that way and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's super cool. And I mean, we're also relearning what it's like to do gentle parenting with a one-year-old who just, I don't know if we talked about this at all before, but just constantly going back to the same, like almost a tick, like he keeps going back, going back, going back to the same thing. Um, and, And you have to be consistent, like he's testing those boundaries and trying to figure out and curious about what no means and Mm -hmm. how we follow through with that. So... That's, and I remember vaguely that with Rainy, but it's, it's like relearning with each child what, what discipline and boundaries look like and what communicates with them and how to connect with them. So it really is. I, there's so much that I do not remember doing with Rainy or having to do with Rainy that Tanya (laughs) assures me definitely happened. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, the stage with Emerson has been more challenging for you, I think, than for me. Yeah, well, and this I went stage into with, with Rainy uh, has been challenging for me, dude. Yeah, I, I, but I went into this stage with Emerson with like false expectations because I didn't actually remember what Rainy was was like. Whereas with Rainy, like, I had no expectations. I went into it blank. In that way, first child is almost easier than second child for me. Um, and it's possible Emerson's more difficult in some ways too. But it's just remembering that I need to be consistent, consistent and calm. And uh, yeah, it's tough. That wasn't actually on my list, but that's a good one. Yeah. And along with that, I mean, just finding what, what communicates with Rainy when, when we end up having a timeout and sitting and having to talk about something. It's incredible to me to see the difference um in the way that she receives information when I'm like holding her hands lovingly or just like sometimes I just put my forehead against her forehead. Sounds Mm -hmm. super hippie, but uh, (laughs) 
but just like being there, being present, trying to connect with her, um, getting down on her level really goes a long way in, in her teachability and her willingness to hear me in that time and mm-hmm. to help her almost uh, regulate her emotions. I don't mm-hmm. want to say like diminish or calm or I don't know, but just like find a way to to express them more in a more healthy uh, less explosive, more kind way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, one day this week, I was so frustrated with, she. she's going through this thing where if she gets disappointed about something, she says, I am never, ever doing that ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been talking about being honest with that and following through. And there's been a few disappointing times when I've, made her follow through with her word on that and been like if if that's what that means then you can't do this again that's Mm -hmm. what you're saying um but she was really upset and it had been like a morning of hearing that phrase four times in the first two hours or i don't know just constant and i was praying as i sat down with her again and i just like she was sitting on a chair and I was kneeling on the floor in front of her and I leaned my head against her belly, just like trying to connect with her. And she went from like 1000% frustration to giggling, <laughs> which was not the reaction that I anticipated, but that was a God thing. Cause it was just like in that moment, I was like, I need to put my head against her belly. And so then I like backed up and just looked at her and then I put my head back and she giggled again and we were able to like, she was able to immediately calm down enough that we could talk about it and stuff. But that's awesome. And there's times that I just like get down on her level and open up my arms when she, because honestly at this age, I feel like a lot of the frustration and the tears and the sorrow is because she knows, like she knows that things are wrong. Often Mm -hmm. she doesn't have the tools to, to meet the needs that she's feeling. Um, and, and often there's just a sense of shame because she doesn't understand sin yet. And we're mm-hmm. working through that and trying to explain that to her. But boy, this is a monologue. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And and it's not it's not as much that she doesn't understand what sin is, but like doesn't understand the uh, the redemption cycle yet. Yeah. Either. I mean, yeah. she does understand. I, I would say yeah. like she doesn't understand that... L- like she feels shame about something, but she right. doesn't understand where it's coming from. She doesn't understand that she has a sin nature. Not that that diminishes the fact that it's sin, but mm-hmm. you know, trying to explain to her now what's going on. And it's so hard to break down the process of that without being like, this is a bad choice. This is sin. This mm-hmm. is disobeying. Like explaining oh, yeah. all of those terms, but not being like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad for like 10 minutes to her yeah. because then like it's not a redemptive process. She's not yeah. seeing grace. She's like, she doesn't want a dialogue because every time it's just like 10 minutes of like, you understand this was a bad choice. This was really bad, you yep. know, which yep. is an important part of the process, but there needs to be like, there also needs to be Different the levels. understanding yeah. that there, or, or the the reminder that there is there is redemption to be had there there is forgiveness yeah that is my that is my struggle with with the current thing with rainy uh, uh development <laughs> stage with rainy too is that it it is so easy to be to point out everything she does wrong cuz she'll do something wrong and then she'll immediately turn around and do another thing and then do another thing and it's hard she's learning so much though she is and i'm continually i mean being apart from her for the weekend and then reconnecting and seeing 
the wisdom that she already has in relating to the world is just super cool to me. Yeah. And the kindness and empathy she has for the people around her. Mm-hmm. But it's really easy to take the positives for granted and forget about them when you're just, you're trying to train a child. And so you see the things that need to be trained. Mm-hmm. But the positives are in a sense training too because you are encouraging them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what did you learn? <laughs> 20 minutes later. Uh, Those were two things, but they were kind of on the same page. Oh, this is a funny one. I know what it's from, but it really seems funny right now. Emerson isn't as attached to eating at night anymore as I thought he was. I think he probably still is. But, oh, and Tanya, Tanya did a a um, a birthday weekend thing for her sister, Elisa, which... Otherwise called, pack all of the non-nursing outfits that I own, try to stuff them into one tiny bag, <laughs> and go off and drink wine and enjoy my sister. <laughs> so I had the kids from a Friday night and through a Saturday night into going to church and then Tanya met us at church. Um, so I had to get through two nights without a boob accessible for Murray to nurse upon. Um, and it actually turned out surprisingly well. Uh, the first night I tried feeding Emerson with the bottle. He doesn't typically take a bottle very well cause he just doesn't like it as much. But then the second night, I just tried not feeding him at all and just cuddling him when he woke up and that worked out fantastically. And in the morning, he wasn't like begging for food or anything. He's clearly just nursing at night for comfort. But, uh... You've tried before taking him downstairs and he's like saying, mama, mama, mama. Yeah, I have tried it since... Doesn't work super well. I still think there's a. I still think there's hope there. It's coming. It's coming somewhere. But I think he smells me. He smells me from miles away. <laughs> All the way down in the living room. Honestly, sometimes he just like cuddles into me, like sucks for two seconds, and then falls asleep. So yeah, that's not the norm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, also if you've seen pictures of him. It's pretty clear he's wasting away. (laughs) (laughs) I kid, I kid. He is a chunker. Yes. What else have you learned? Oh, I think you have more things than me, so you should talk some more. Okay. I've learned that there's probably not going to be a whole lot of color for fall this year because it's been a wet summer. I'm sorry. It's very sad. I as live. long as the leaves are crispy and crunchy and I can jump on them. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Oh. They're all good. They're like fallen when they're green. Yeah, but some will fall and then they dry up, right? And then I can jump on them. Maybe. Hopefully. I hope. I was really looking forward to the colors this fall. But alas, nothing. I've also... We can take a road trip somewhere. Yeah. On the positive side, I've learned that dreams really do come true because I finally got a new iPad for work. It's amazing. <sighs> okay, for context, this is a long time coming. Actually, you may remember if you if you followed Tech Reformation from like way back at the beginning when we still talked about life stuff before the show, um, which ended up getting weeded out later on. 
I talked about general technology issues with work and like how work does not value, like my work doesn't tend to value technology. So I had a crappy phone and the iPad is slow and whatever. Um, So I've had a, I've had an iPad air for years and it's like a eight year old product at this point. I just convinced them to let me get a new iPad and (laughs) that was the sound of the quarter jar. (laughs) i'd finally convinced them to let me get a new ipad and now i can actually like do work and it's so wonderful and then and then (laughs) no stop stop i learned i learned something that this that that i can actually hold out hope for these things because then i also got a hand-me-down macbook pro from like a marketing guy or whatever to use in the office which I don't know, it just makes me so happy. I'm so happy. Look at that pretty pattern on the wall. You mean from the quarter jar that you are still tauntingly waving in front of me? Yeah. Are you going to make me put a quarter in the jar? I don't know. I ranted for a while, so. You keep talking in the mic. I don't know. <laughs> I ranted <laughs> for a while. Oh, shush. I love you so much. Okay, your turn. Something you learned. Um, with my yearly review for graphic design and the more that we talk about things expanding at church and more and more and more falling on my lap, mm-hmm. um, the more I think through like having to train somebody else to help out with the workload eventually or you know, if something happens that I have to pass the baton. Um, And I'm learning for myself that I really, I mean, I much prefer flying solo all the time, which Mm -hmm. is what I love about my job, even though I'm constantly relating to people all over the place as a graphic designer. I still mostly work with myself, which is really fun. And like, even in college, like when we were in study groups, I was like, totally trucking ahead on my own. Mm -hmm. And then the group would like use my answers because they were busy talking and not making any (laughs) progress. You and I are so much alike in that. I think. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. Um, But we, we collaborate well together. Anyways, all that to say, I found in myself this deep fear of whenever you pass something on to somebody else or work together, there's the fear that either they won't do well or they'll do better than you. And I'm not sure which one is worse. And so I've just been like reminding myself like collaboration and connection over comparison wins out every time. Yeah. And every like, I mean, that that relates to every aspect of life. But like it's something I'm trying to teach Rainy right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I if I'm going if I run into an Instagram mom or someone who's just like playing the comparison game like I'm sorry, I'm gone. Like yeah. I don't need that in my life. There's enough of that that I can't ups- unsubscribe from. Um and that's not what we're here for. Right. There is there are so many things that are so uniquely, wonderfully perfect about you or like flawed that are mm-hmm. just unique and wonderful about you. Um, 
So, yeah. And I guess like a part of that is to recently I heard the quote, um, only boring people keep their house clean. Uh, only boring women keep their house clean. And I was like, Derek, I love that because it's it's putting memory, making memories on a on a pedestal or making it important. Mm-hmm. But I wish that you could say that in a way that didn't put somebody else down. Like yeah. if your personal compliment is putting someone else down that I don't really want a part of it. And I said that to a friend who was having a rough day, but I feel like I have to go back and apologize and be like, you know, that's that's not what I really meant because you keep your house clean all the time and you're a wonderful person. But like in the moment, that was the encouragement of someone going through something. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I mostly keep a pretty clean house, but there yeah. was a day where it was not good. Oh, yeah. I mean, clean. We had fun. a clean house doesn't signify, doesn't really signify that the person is boring. Um, they have as interesting a life as anybody, but it, it the, the point is that we ought not see a clean house as meaning that you are better at life than a person who has a dirty house necessarily. And honestly, no aspect of your life should probably should be seen as you being better than someone. So. Right. Exactly. Heart check. Yes. Yes. But just speaking to me. <laughs> because we do not have it together just a, just another reminder that should be the title of this we don't have it together we don't have it together yeah yeah there's little like times in parenting that we're like yes everything is a success and then the next day we're like what are we doing are we doing this right i, I feel like we, we like, normally have a lot of um we are easy on ourselves in that department. We're not yeah. like, oh my goodness, we're the worst parents ever or something like that. Right, but right. there are times that we're like, should we be doing this better? Let's rethink this. Let's dialogue about it. We're never like, this is how this is going to be. And we're awesome. Mm-hmm. Although right. I do think you're awesome. Well, and I think you're awesome. And, I, and I do give myself credit for the things I do right. Like, I'm not afraid to do that. But Yeah, but uh, so much of, of parenting is your child's personality sometimes, too. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, I don't even not... know what to take credit for. And honestly, I'm just not going to take credit for anything. Thank the Lord for parenting my child. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. anyway. So, the last thing I learned uh, is, recently is that... All I want in life is a cheesy 80s album about marriage and fidelity. Marriage infidelity? Marriage and fidelity. (laughs) Not infidelity. (laughs) Important clarification. There is so much of that. So where this started... Um, I've, I have been for years now, I've, I'm just, you put on something that sounds like eighties pop and I am just into it. I don't, I don't even care the synths, like the, the, the boodly noises. Um, they just, they just make me so happy. This is like three inches. That's not a long way to go. You're all hunched over. Okay. So where this started was we were out to lunch with my parents and I heard a really good song on the radio and it's like this 80s vibe and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to grab that. I'm going to find that on Apple Music and I'm going to play that. And then if the entire started listening to the entire album. The entire album is wonderful to listen to. The album, If you're interested in listening to it, it's called Head Over Heels by the band Chromeo. They, they embody 
the soul of the 80s. But they also embody the soul of the 80s that is uh, like about uh, sleeping around or breakup songs or uh, other like just basically country. No, not even country. What are you talking about? Not country. I thought we were just talking about things we hate. (laughs) (laughs) We lost the anti-vaxxers and now we lost... Everybody else. No, uh, no. We don't. We don't hate country people. We, I, I like country. I don't hate anyone. Bit. I just don't like country music. Um, but ah, uh, I just want songs that like I can, I can like relate to to my relationship with my wife. Like the the fun the fun sexy songs. Like I enjoy those in relation to my wife. But I have to like. I have to like punch my relationship into the song and like go la 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 to the other bits of the song that are just not true at all. And I hate doing that. And I have to do. And and then as I kept thinking about this, I'm like, I have to do this for basically every single song that exists. Oh, on it's the so true. And I'm like, no, especially those songs that are like, I only love you when I'm high. I only love you when I'm drunk. Oh my goodness. I only love you at 2 a.m. in the morning where my judgment is flawed. There's a song. So there's a song on this album. Let me, let me find it real quick. Um, it's called, and I think, I think you noticed this one. Um, bad decision. I want to make a bad decision. And it talks about, um, going at, I'm going to go out to buy a ring. We'll go you know, do all this planning to get married, all this stuff, like all this stuff surrounding like, well, oh, you send take, it to take me all my money out like, the bank. This is my jam for today or something like that. Oh yeah. And of course, you know, I always hear the lyrics. It's, it's my spiritual gift. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I, yeah, caught that. But know, what does that mean? Which I am so like, I love the song because it's basically how I uh, went into marrying you, except it was did not occur to me at all that it was a bad decision. I was just ready to give my life to you because I knew that you were the one I wanted to marry. So, Derek, four and a half years later, the public wants to know, was it a bad decision? It was not a bad decision. Oh, phew. Okay, good. And it's supposed to be playful and whatever, but come on. If you need and then to make have, a bad decision, let's start somewhere that is not just a rash marriage. And then you have these passionate songs about, um, you know, uh, kind of like ex-lovers, like getting together and you know, like like a booty call. And it's like, I love the, the, the content of the song in relation to my wife, except that she is not my ex-lover. And it's just... Makes me sad. You can still make a booty call, though. And then I'm wondering, like, how much of this... Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. I totally Boy, that. that. You did. That took a while to... <laughs> processing. Um, processing. And then it occurs to me, like... Bing, bing, bing. How much of this... Uh, how much of this feeds into, like, the the need for people to spice up their, their love lives with, like, role play and whatnot? Because all of these songs... None of these songs are about, like normal marriage relationships they're all about like these extramarital like somehow very interesting or like deviant relationships so anyway i got to a place where i blamed the entire music industry for all the problems in marriage and uh, now you know about it i do wonder if there was tv shows and uh music 
that was less relationally horrendous if mm-hmm. people I mean like when people don't have good role models in their life mm-hmm. when they haven't seen any healthy marriages it's really hard to hold a marriage together after that and again not impossible but mm-hmm. you just don't have any sort of baseline for understanding that that's a possibility and you go in not trying to build something that will last and mm-hmm. media and TV and music and it just doesn't help it perpetuates that idea of marriage being flawed and messy which it is but um mm-hmm. I really like it, and I'm planning on sticking with it. Oh yeah, one of us kicks the bucket. Me too. Yeah, preferably um, me first because <laughs> I don't, you don't want to lose you. That's very sweet. And if if I do die, and you remarry, where are you going with this? <laughs> probably something that is going to get. Graphically violent. Very gra- I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Halloween soon. It's, it's the fall. Mm-hmm. No, if if I die soon, then you can remarry for our kids' sake. I and mean, your sake, too. Not to be selfish. <laughs> I'm just not going to think about it. I'm going to be in the arms of the Lord. Yes. Praising him and worshiping him forever. <laughs> not thinking about what you're doing. There is no marriage in heaven. There is no marriage in heaven. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about yet today before we go into our main topic? (laughs) Nope. Okay. Wait, weren't you going to talk? Were you going to play that clip of Rainy? Oh, well, it didn't really fit in here, I guess, anywhere. But we should totally do that because it's adorable. Do you want to give context? Like, Um, just, just like introduce it without giving anything away. I just talked for a while. How about you talk? Okay. So this is what happens when Rainy plays hide and seek with her Aunt Elisa. Hi. One, two, three, and Rainy's hiding under a blanket. Yep, the same blanket every time. Hey, hey, hey! Eight, nine, ten. Now you're not. Here I come. Eight, nine, ten. Ooh, when I do a better addition. Sa, and what about you? This and me, 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 <laughs> Picture a toddler under a large blanket singing very passionately. <laughs> and then that loops for a while. Yeah, she gets stuck on that verse and just sings it over and over and doesn't get to the bridge. It is my life. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of Taylor Swift that is sung when hide and seek happens. So that so specifically that with Auntie Elisa, Elisa. yes, and it is Auntie Elisa's fault that Rainy loves Taylor Swift so much. Absolutely. But I mean, we totally allow her to listen to it when she requests it. Mm-hmm. Not every time, because yes. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> you wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> this it would just drive you insane, and 
Tyler's playing hide and go seek is my favorite thing ever. It is. Rainy so counts great. and then immediately, can someone help me find Auntie Elisa? <laughs> Then Auntie Elisa counts, and immediately Rainy starts belting out Taylor Swift, so to try that to give Elisa yeah. a hint, yeah, yeah, because it is hard. Because how would Auntie Elisa know where she was when she only asked her to help her hide beforehand? Yep, yep. <laughs> it's wonderful. Okay, so the book we are going to be talking about tonight is called "The Princess and the Kiss." by Jenny Bishop. Tanya, how did this book come into your possession? Uh, it came home with my mother from a homeschool convention. And it was new and exciting at that point in time. And I think pretty expensive. You could get like that book. You could get like a parental guide with it, which they did. You could get like purity ring pack go along oh, wow. with it. Wow. Wow. Um. <sighs> Yeah, I think that they have like conferences where they give you the things too. Wow. That's amazing. I can't fathom how you could find a study guide that would give you more information than this thing would. So, let me let me just let me sum up. The the book, The Princess and the Kiss. It's about this princess who on the day of her birth receives a kiss this this her first kiss from from god and her her parents keep it for her safe so that she can give it away to someone when she gets older and in a um, little cage it's in a little cage it's it's visualized as like this beam of light um and uh, so then she gets told when she gets older, you know, we have something very special to give you. It's your first kiss. You may feel free to give it to whomever you see fit, but, uh, um, but use wisdom, save your kiss for the man you will marry. Never part with it for the sake of a stranger. Now, this is very obviously a, a thinly veiled metaphor for virginity. Um, very thinly veiled. <laughs> She has several men who come to court her. One is Princess is one is Prince Peacock, who's basically a braggart, which you can just gather from the name Prince Romance, who is obviously a romantic, but he is not. Uh, but she knows that those honeymoons and what wonderful feelings will not last forever. Prince Treasure Chest, there, that is a uh, a um, unexpected and. Uh, and uh interesting way of putting the uh idea that there are some people who have lots of money <laughs> and uh and and so it goes on and uh then she starts like oh, who will ever will i ever find a man who i will be able to give my kiss to and then uh one day a common man came comes to the castle a poor man or uh i don't know he's like a farmer and strong and handsome of course, he's got that rugged roughness and strength and his face tanned from the sun. Like, stop. He's, he's not... Uh, <laughs> stop. He's not a fancy person, but he's, he's handsome. Anyway. Uh, and, he has to, and he asks the king and queen if he may speak with, with their daughter. And they were, they were surprised. And who was this man? But he seemed... 
He seemed common, but kindness was in his manner. So they let him talk to him. And so he says, I have little to offer you, princess. I have no gold. I have no means to travel the earth. I'm not as strong as many, but I do have one very special gift I can give to you. <laughs> no, it's not that. Stop that. <laughs> Stop it. Get your mind know. out of the gutter. I don't know what you're talking about. I am just stoically sitting over here. Um. So he holds out this beam of light. So it's very clearly his first kiss he can give to her. This is my first kiss, princess. Yeah. So anyway, and then it continues. They get married, all this stuff, and uh, they uh, then they have a child of their very own, and then of course that child has their first kiss. So anyway, is given the first kiss. Is given the first kiss, and, and so the cycle continues. Yeah. Um. So it's a terrible book because it's a terrible story because it's <laughs> there's nothing. It's the just, artwork is pretty. The artwork is pretty. Yes, that's true. But there's no intelligence behind the story. It's just a story of people who have their virginity and are, you know, are saving it till marriage. That's fine. Not it's even a- virginity. Their first kiss. Yes, I know. But, well, but it's it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for virginity. They're not actually talking about the kiss. Are they? I don't think so. I don't know. Part of those, like, pacts that they made people sign was also like no kissing anyone. <sighs> That's even worse. Leads to sex and sex leads to dancing mm-hmm. and dancing leads to babies. <laughs> That's why we have two. <laughs> Just kidding. Um so anyway, it, it it's it's not an interesting story. It's not giving you anything other than like hey than like a lecture on hey keep your keep your uh, purity for marriage and and all that which is good like i am not i am not against keeping your virginity till marriage i am totally for that i was committed to that um okay but like for for a parent who is really looking for allegorical content Mm -hmm. on something like this it's not even an allegory that's okay okay but and then and then on top of that like this book was hella trendy i'm sure sure. for like in our parents culture so seeing it through the eyes of trendiness Mm -hmm. and then being like oh this is like a unique this will keep my kids from banging i get why my mom brought it home (laughs) (laughs) yes no i get Um, it too but yeah, it it doesn't open up an interesting. I mean, how are we hoping to address teach our children about purity? Well, so uh, I had a I, purity I wanna... ring. Oh, I did too. I I was absolutely caught up in that culture too. I don't think that there's anything wrong with a purity ring, no. but I mean, for me, it was way more about a remembering to pray for my husband and his purity. Although, mm-hmm. like that would be incredibly painful if I was single and 40 and still praying for my husband on a purity ring yeah if you are so this is the thing that gets dicey about purity culture as it's termed um it it gives people who have um made poor choices and had sex before marriage a that scarlet letter of and, and like the devaluation no happy ending for you because exactly you goofed that up 
there's no redemption in a story like this. Um, actually, going, going back to the 80s album, like, like the reason that, the, that an 80s album about marriage and fidelity is never going to sell is because it has no story to it. Um, probably mo- most of the time when it is when like healthy marriages are portrayed, like especially done by Christians, like there's no struggle portrayed, there's no story, and people connect with the story and the story of redemption. Um, every one of us does. Um, and purity culture does not really allow for that redemption to happen. Um, the, the, they will say people will say that. Absolutely, people can be redeemed who have who have had sex before marriage, but the message that gets drilled into the to the people who are following that culture uh, makes it difficult for them to accept someone to be married to marry who who has had sex before marriage. Um, does that make sense? Am I making sense? I think so. So anyway, it was interesting to read this book uh, last night when Rainey requested it, um, just out of the blue. I don't know that she's ever actually read the book before, but... Um, I think that I she requested me reading it to her one time, but we didn't get very far at that stage in life. Yeah. So anyway, how we're actually going to talk about, talk about purity with our kids is... Well, I so whenever I'm talking about sin or holiness... I always want them to have in mind, I always want them to know and be thinking about the gospel in everything that they do. Obviously not using the gospel as an excuse um, to, to commit sin, but I want them to have the gospel drilled into them hard enough that right after they sin, they know that they can go back and ask for forgiveness and they'll be forgiven. And this kind of story just doesn't, it doesn't teach that. It doesn't teach that at all. Uh, it teaches holiness, sure, but there's, but none of us can be truly holy. Mm-hmm. We need the gospel and we need Jesus' sacrifice to make us holy. So anyway. Something that my parents did like that was phenomenal and I'm hoping that we get to do with our kids is um, when they are for around their 13th birthday or before then um, kidnapping them for their birthday. Mm -hmm. And Derek's dad did something similar to this where they went on a camping trip together and then um, talked through, I think the, what are preparing for adolescence by Dr. Dobson. Mm -hmm. Um, They like read the book together and we listened to the tapes. It's just funny that we have this in common. Yeah. Um, But it was, it was that time. It was that culture. We were all homeschooled. We were all, my parents, Made it a big deal. Like we would come home unexpecting and get a blanket thrown over us and get tied up and be kidnapped for a weekend away. And we, we of course, like knew what was happening and would run around. Our neighbors probably thought we were crazy. Anyways, I mean, there was one time that we got like up to the top of the road, uh-huh. far away from the house, and one of us, like one of us kids, and realized the door was unlocked and jumped out and went running back to the house. It was one of my brothers. My dad drove back and he's like, listen, do you want to go or not? <laughs> it wasn't funny anymore. <laughs> but um, that weekend we would go away to, I mean, the weekend that my mom kidnapped me, we went away to a little 
bed and breakfast and they had chocolates on our pillows and she brought a bunch of junk food and we went to a show at Titan Sound and out for dinner and mm-hmm. it was a special time with just my mom but we also worked through this uh, curriculum um, and just had good conversation and I would love to do something similar to that but just do a lot more connecting and a lot less jobs in or like find something mm-hmm. a resource that maybe i trust a little bit more a lot of it was really good but i don't agree with Dobson on everything yeah and i probably won't agree with another person on everything but even if it just sparks conversation it's valuable mm-hmm. um and also as a irrelevant derek and i both had our first kiss with each other yes we did super cool that was fun and i am gonna tell our kids that it was slimy well it was really weird the first time and then we clinked teeth the second time (laughs) that was great (laughs) we did not wait till our wedding day we waited till like a week and a half beforehand Mm -hmm. i just told Mm -hmm. derek i did not want to have our first kiss in front of other people because i had seen that go wrong for other people and Mm -hmm. i just didn't want to share that moment with other people but we also didn't want to, in in the throes of fiancehood, get of passion of yeah, makey outiness. Yeah, because you're so close, and it's so easy for Satan to be like, mm, "You're basically married." Mm-hmm. Um, and we had so many safeguards in place already, and we we're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we want to be super careful." So we waited till the last minute, and then we had very strict guidelines for no making out and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. and then. On our honeymoon, I got a rash on my face from our makeout sesh. <laughs> Do you remember what uh, what did we uh, say to keep ourselves from kissing too long? Yeah, uh, only only two two. Uh, it was three. Only three. three moi 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 or moi moi. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a moi moi moi, and then done. Mm-hmm. Which honestly was the perfect was normally at a red light the perfect length. Yeah, it's unless delightful. you hit the very beginning of the red light, then mm-hmm. there was like those five seconds afterwards that you were like, oh, "I want to kiss more, but I'm not going to." <laughs> yep. And I'll tell my kids the other safeguards we had in place as that like becomes relevant for them. I think we'll just be super transparent with our kids. Yeah, that's, I think that's going to be the most powerful thing is just being open when they ask stuff, being honest, giving our opinion, and why we think that. I think that's just the best way to build rapport and to build trust. Yeah. So, anyway. Did you feel like we were over, we had too many boundaries set up for ourselves? I don't think so. I think we... I think we added them as we felt we needed them. Yeah. And there was a lot of communication. There was. Because I wasn't allowed to touch your forearm. No, you weren't. No, my upper arm. (laughs) Yeah, your upper arm. Yeah. It just happened to be a thing. That was one of the funny things that we had in place. But Derek was really honest that that was a huge turn on. And so we didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I did not touch it. Nope. But I can touch it now. (laughs) Oh, man. I love you so much. I love you. You're my favorite. Thanks for joining us. If you want to follow or talk to us, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter at Set to Learn. And our website is settolearn.com. 
Keep learning, and we'll see you next time.